Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Steelers' coaching crisis continues as the team faces the L.A. Rams. It's really become an unprecedented situation in Pittsburgh. Welcome to the Steelers' update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. Steelers' nation has become second-guessing nation. This as legions of once-loyal Steeler fans increasingly question the head-scratching coaching decisions coming from Mike Tomlin. This began with the crisis of offense under coordinator Matt Canada, culminating in all those fire Canada chants that went unheeded. Canada will still be calling the plays and infuriating the black and gold faithful when the by-idled Steelers return to action, or more likely inaction, this Sunday versus the Rams. Beyond the contempt for Canada, the growing chorus of constant questioning is extending to all manner of roster decisions. Most acutely has been the limited playing time for the Steelers' top two draft picks, that being left tackle Broderick Jones and corner Joey Porter Jr. The second-guessing reached a fever pitch when Tomlin hinted this week that both well-regarded rookies could be headed back to the bench instead of starting out there in L.A. The prospect of sack surrenderer Dan Moore Jr. and the petrified Patrick Peterson bumping the likes of the Brickhouse Broderick and the fan-favorite Porter Jr. back to the bench was just too much for an already restless fan base. As a result, Steelers Nation took to X, formerly known as Twitter, to air their frequent frustrations. Quote, Steelers are just trying to piss off every Steelers fan as much as possible, so it seems at this point. And it's working. That's what Blitzberg pointedly posted. Others were armed with facts that seemed to further undermine Tomlin's intentions to return the top two rookies to the bench. Pittsburgh radio host Colin Dunlap threw out a list of lesser rookies who weren't relegated to the sideline this way. He wrote, quote, Mike Tomlin trusted Trey Norwood. Sean Davis, 
Shamarco Thomas and Kendrick Green more as rookies than Broderick Jones and Joey Porter Jr. I just don't get it. A few were still holding out hope that some of this was simply a Steelers smokescreen. Quote, to me it sounds like Mike Tomlin is going to keep the Rams guessing as to who will be the starting left tackle Sunday. Really sounds like Broderick Jones has a chance to be that guy. Might be some gamesmanship going on here, unquote. So SteelersDepot.com speculated. Yet the coaching criticism coming from Steelers fans doesn't end there. There were also indications that the team's questionable coaching wasn't a recent phenomenon in Pittsburgh, but actually goes back years. As proof, coaching critics pointed to all the ex-Steelers who have left the 412 area code only to surpass their production on foreign football fields while playing for other teams. For instance, why couldn't Tomlin and company get this kind of play from the likes of Kevin Dotson, Cameron Sutton, Alika Witherspoon, Arthur Merlet, even the hard-hitting Robert Spillane? So goes the constant stream of coaching questions in Steelers country. Amid this uncharacteristic swirl of criticism, a testy Tomlin acknowledged the hardened climate in the Berg. Then he promptly brushed it away. He stated this at his press conference on Tuesday, quote, We realize that we've absorbed some negativity based on performance. We are men enough to absorb that negativity and stay singularly focused on what's required to change it. And that's work. We're not interested in assigning blame or making excuses. We're just singularly focused on getting better, and we're going to continue to do that, and this Sunday is an opportunity to show progress in that regard, unquote. Well, progress, especially on offense, cannot come soon enough for these Steelers. Now, whether it will quiet an unruly Steelers nation remains an open question. For the current state of animosity is an unprecedented situation that shows no signs of abating anytime soon. And should the Steelers' offense sputter again against the Rams? Expect all those Fire Canada chants to be heard all the way out there in La La Land. The fact is, a disturbing disquiet has descended upon a once harmonious Steelers nation. It's born of years of frustration in the postseason, where Pittsburgh's unprecedented drought of playoff wins has stretched to six seasons and counting. It's been accelerated by three seasons of frustrating offensive futility under Matt Canada. And it's now being fanned and inflamed by Tomlin and his testy, tart-ton responses to a litany of legitimate questions over why his talented team isn't performing better and why he and his coaching staff aren't fully utilizing the team's top talented rookies to their utmost potential. All this has done what 
once seemed impossible. It has turned Steelers fans' cheers into jeers. Absent a total reversal for this troubled team, such unpleasant sounds in Pittsburgh won't be quieted anytime soon. We have much more analysis of the key coaching decisions that are driving the hypercritical atmosphere in the Berg, plus previews of the post-buy contest with the Rams. That and much, much more in this West Coast edition of your Steelers Update Podcast. Hey, and be sure and catch my full print column first thing Thursday on Penn Live. As always, it will be packed with plenty of memes, bringing this week's Steelers debate to life, to laughs, and now to jeers. Right now, let's get right to it. As we mentioned in the open, all of Pittsburgh is scratching its collective head over the prospect of Broderick Jones and Joey Porter Jr. again taking a seat on the bench as the Steelers travel cross-country to take on the Rams. Here's radio personality and Pittsburgh Post-Gazette columnist vocalizing the dumbfounded discontent over this latest questionable coaching decision. Ron Cook writes this in part, quote, I've heard the argument that we need to be patient. I've been told multiple times that Troy Polamalu didn't start in his first season with the Steelers, and Cam Hayward didn't start until his third season. But those were different times. The Steelers were a better team back then. They are a middling team now. Players ahead of Jones and Porter aren't better than they are. It made some sense for Tomlin to stick with Dan Moore Jr. as his left tackle at the start of the season. Moore had the benefit of experience starting 33 of 34 games in the previous two seasons. But if he's that good, the Steelers never would have taken Jones when they did. Jones's ceiling is much higher. That's why it's baffling that the Steelers appear ready to go back to Moore as their starter after he missed most of the Houston game on October 1st and all of the Baltimore game on October 8th due to a knee injury. He took first-team reps at practice on Monday and was listed as the starting left tackle on the depth chart released by the team on Tuesday doesn't seem to matter that Jones played better, especially against the Ravens, when he played all 66 snaps after a week of practice with the first team. That makes no sense. Shouldn't Jones be penciled in as the starter for the next 8 to 10 years? Porter's usage is just as hard to understand. Steelers increased Porter's defensive snaps from 7 to 14 to 27, in the first three games before giving him just 10 in the loss at Houston, then played him only in dime situations as the third quarterback with Patrick Peterson and Levi Wallace. Wasn't until halftime of the Baltimore game that the team decided to work him in more in the regular defense. He played 24 snaps in the second half and had the interception that went a long way toward deciding the 17-10 win for the Steelers. By all accounts, he graded out well. But did that earn Porter a promotion to the starting lineup for the game Sunday in L.A. against the Rams? Quote, not right now, defensive coordinator Terrell Austin said last week. 
quote, when the time comes, it'll come, unquote. I'm hoping Austin was being coy and that he fully intends to pick up with Porter where the team left off with him in that second half against the Ravens. Sunday wouldn't be too soon to get Porter on the field full-time when the Steelers will be challenged by Rams wide receivers Cooper Cup and Puka Nuka. All I can think is Tomlin and Austin don't trust Porter's grasp of the defense just yet. That is concerning, if true. Or maybe they don't think he's physical enough as a tackler. But I'm not buying that. It's not as if Peterson and Wallace are lighting it up as tacklers. Haven't we seen enough of Porter to think he is the Steelers' future at corner? And why not let that future start now? Unquote. That is a great question from Ron Cook, a question that is being echoed throughout a disquieted Steelers nation. Until there is a well-reasoned and well-articulated answer, the angst will remain palpable in Pittsburgh. And clearly, Mike Tomlin's pat platitudes just aren't cutting it anymore. But let's dig a little deeper, especially when it comes to that decision on that still suspect off offensive line. Should it be Broderick Jones taking over, protecting Kenny Pickett's blind sign? Or is veteran Dan Moore Jr. still the better choice? We go to Mark Caboli, writing for The Athletic, and he comes to a counter-consensus conclusion about this hot topic in the Berg. Caboli writes, quote, There's no question that Dan Moore Jr. was the better of the Pittsburgh Steelers' options at left tackle. Moore earned what he got that first month of the season. He was better, so he played. An MCL sprain kept Moore out in Week 5, and Jones played a near-flawless game against the Baltimore Ravens in his first start. But the 25-year-old veteran with 37 starts under his belt is probably still the better option as of right now in both the run and the pass game and given the chemistry aspect of the position. It appears the Steelers are thinking in those terms, as all indications point toward more returning to the starting lineup Sunday when the Steelers travel to SoFi Stadium to take on the LA Rams. The desire to main continuity up front could be the leading reason why Moore might return to a starting position Sunday, sending Jones back to the bench. Insert the fan outcry here, unquote. Well, there you have it, but you might not like it. According to Caboli, Moore just might give the Steelers more of a chance right now. And credit Caboli for drilling down to the heart of this difficult and clearly unpopular decision. Now, of course, Caboli goes on in that column to great length, adding more nuance in favor of making the switch to Jones, even though they might not be yet on total equal footing as starters. But, but you can see why I really wanted to bring out the Steelers' thinking if they do, in fact, go back to Moore. Now for one of the unquestioned bright spots for the Steelers this season, and 
there have been a few, we have to admit, you know. And this player is attracting universal praise during this era of Steelers' discontent. And that is second-year receiver George Pickens. Clearly, he has taken that all-important sophomore leap that is a sure sign of NFL stardom. But what's the source of his success amid an offense that otherwise seems in shambles? This question was put to Tomlin as, at his press conference on Tuesday. But when it was suggested that part of the reasons for Pickens' progress was the injury to veteran receiver Deontay Johnson, a testy Tomlin balked. For details on this, we turn to the dean of Steelers' scribes, that being Jerry Dulac, who writes this for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Quote, Pickens is coming off his best game as a professional. Six catches for 130 yards and a game-winning 41-yard touchdown against the Baltimore Ravens. And in the past four games without Deontay Johnson, he has 17 catches for 357 yards, a 21-yard per catch average, and two touchdowns. Quote, that guy is taking a step forward every day of his professional life, Mike Tomlin said. Quote, if you want to frame it in that way and make it a story about because Deontay has missed some games, have at it. But he is a second-year player, and it is a reasonable to expect him to get better each and every week because this is his second lap around the track and exposure to the National Football League. So he is getting better, period, not because of anyone else's presence or lack thereof, unquote. Wow, Mike Tomlin pushing back on the press and that narrative. And I guess, you know, you have to say, turnabout is fair play, just as the Pittsburgh media and the public isn't buying a lot of Tomlin's narratives these days. Neither is the crusty coach accepting one put forth by the press. Such is the state of affairs in strife-torn Steelers Nation. So what could ease that strife? Perhaps it is the aforementioned Deontay Johnson who is poised to return to the lineup on Sunday in L.A. Could the Steelers' wide receiver one help Kenny Pickett be more on point with his passes and get that woe-begone offense back on the march? For that, we turn to Mark Caboli once again, who is writing in The Athletic and sizing up the impact Deontay could make when he returns to the lineup in La La Land. Caboli writes, quote, Pro Bowl receiver Deontay Johnson practiced for the first time Monday since injuring his hamstring in the week one loss to the 49ers back on September 10th. He remains on injured reserve, and Tomlin said he won't make a decision until the end of this week, but all indications point toward Johnson, who said last week he would play, returning for Sunday's game. That would not only be a huge lift to a bad offense, but it very well could kickstart Kenny Pickett's game. Quote, he helps move the chain, Pickett said. Quote, getting him back is going to be massive for our offense. I think if you watched us, you could tell that we missed him a lot. It is going to be great to get number 18 back, unquote. 
Johnson's biggest asset is his versatility. He's well known as one of the better route runners in the NFL, but where he might alleviate pressure off Pickett and offensive coordinator Matt Canna is early in games in the form of easy throws. Johnson's shifting and run after the catch abilities could allow Pickett to make simple throws that Johnson turns into a first down to keep a drive going. Tomlin said, quote, expert route runner. He is a route runner, vertical, non-vertical. He can create separation at breakpoints. That is his distinguishing trait, but that is no secret, unquote. Well, there's the analysis of what Dante Johnson does to the offense, but his most acute impact, especially acute impact, could be when it comes to moving the chains, something the Steelers have had big problems doing thus far this season. They have suffered way too many three and outs far too often. And as Caboli notes, quote, Johnson alone has counted for 104 first downs on receptions over the last two seasons, not including the 27 snaps he's played this year. Quote, it's going to help out a lot, Johnson said of his ability to create first downs. Quote, it will help Kenny out a lot too by just adding that spark that we need. Once we add that spark, then everybody will feed off each other. I am anxious to get things back to how they were, unquote. Well, Johnson certainly has been a target magnet. He's been targeted 144 times and caught at least 86 passes in each of the last three seasons. That is Caboli finishing off that topic of Deontay making an impact. Hey, my take is it can only be positive, a positive move in Pittsburgh, getting this prolific pass catcher back into the starting lineup. How it plays out against the Rams out on the left coast, well, that's what the game is for. And, of course, we'll be tuned in to that um, late afternoon Steelers contest from the West Coast. And we're going to, of course, have all the analysis, all the narratives, and all the steaming hot takes on what transpires on that game and the storylines coming out of it next Wednesday on the next edition of your Steelers Update podcast. So you know what to do. Sign up for the podcast wherever you get your audio so you get it steaming hot and fresh as soon as it comes off my microphone Wednesday afternoon. And of course, log on to penlive.com anytime for your real-time Steelers news. And go Steelers, meet the Rams.